Uh, hey, everybody. How's it going? It's time for another Hard Rock Lunchbox and Top 20. Unfortunately, it is yet another beautiful Thursday here in the Northeast, uh, a beautiful October 26th, 2023. I do not know what is happening with the weather. I am just just blown away. I mean, we are looking at like 75 degrees today. It is the end of October, bruh. <laughs> supposed to go up to the 80s on Saturday. 80s! Flock of Seagulls. Gary Newman. The 80s. Uh, I'm being told that's a whole other 80s. But I, uh, I've got to tell you, and this should come as no shock to any fan of uh, Rebel 9 or Rebel 9 Live, I am beyond savage sick with a cold. <laughs> It is just, it is so goddamn annoying. I just, I can't even begin to express how defeated and deflated I am being or feeling this, this just unwell, like the day before a show. It is just, it is just so defeating. And, you know, what's funny is kind of, not famously, because I feel like that's too important, but... It was such a going, running joke for such a long time, for so many years, about how I would get sick before any big homecoming-type show, right? Like, we'd play on the road all the time, it'd be fine. It was like, But if I booked something big here at home, like something that we were, like, closing or headlining or whatever you want to call it, uh, it was just... It was just like given that I would just get sick, and I kind of always assumed it was from the stress, and it probably is, like... I know it probably doesn't seem like a lot um, to put a show together if you don't do them. And to be perfectly honest with you, if you don't care so much, it really isn't all that much. Like, I know for this show, and not that I don't care about it, it just, I was, I knew I was limited in resources going into it in terms of promotion. And I asked the other bands to kind of like step up and my own band to like kind of step up and promote and you know, do all that other stuff. Like, I'd even asked uh, when we put the show together, I was like, if anybody wants to do, like, a costume, Halloween costume contest, I am all for it. I just need somebody to step up and handle it because it's not something else I'm going to want to do for the night. And the reason that is is simple, and I've said a million times. Like, when I'm performing, like, when I am when I have to go on stage and perform, especially if I have to go on stage and perform at the end of the night, there's a real strain on my voice in a rock club because people want to talk to me and I have no problem with that I love talking to people I'm fine talking to them at shows but it's very hard to talk over music and I, I've said to Jimmy for years I don't know how he does it I don't know how he tended bar in a loud place and then could sing I, I think he's just his vocal muscles are just that strong mine are not like I don't I don't talk a lot I know it sounds weird but I actually don't spend my day talking a lot at loud volumes I don't have to um so when I do a show, especially if I close it, a lot of times I'll be hoarse by the end of the night by the time I go to perform because I've been talking. So um, I just I didn't want to do that because I knew if I was handling an extra contest or some extra, any extra thing, it would be kind of a big strain on my voice. And I just opted to not do that. But none of the bands, nobody else stepped up to, to sort of say they were going to do that. So uh, that's kind of how that went down. But um, what shall we call it? Um, 
but so yeah, normally like building a show together is a lot of promotion. Uh, I talk about it a lot. I'm constantly on social media, like promoting it and stuff like that. And I'm just not doing that anymore. I just I'm not on social media because I don't have the time. And honestly, every time I am on social media, it's 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 a problem, uh, or or some some level of problem, or it just irritates me. Like I was like. I was uh, like, just for example, like I just I wanted to see what I could find out about the new Speaker of the House that got elected yesterday. I watched about six minutes and was so repulsed and disgusted by like who we actually chose to be the Speaker of the House representatives. Like, I had to turn it off. Like, I literally had to turn it off because my central nervous system could not take the stupidity anymore. And we'll probably talk about a, that a little bit during the day. I just I don't know. I'm gonna probably minimize the amount I'm gonna speak today. So I mean. And I, I don't expect anybody to be upset by that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, getting back to the shows. So, you know, when you do all that, like, there was a lot of stress involved. I'd be nervous about things. I will say is I've sort of made some peace with where my career is musically. There's been a lot less stress um, on me to perform. There, there's a couple of factors for that. Like, one, I feel like my worst shows are behind me. Like, I've done them. I've done the worst shows that I personally am going to do. I cannot speak for my band. Like, I hope that they don't. Like, I hope that they always take it seriously and they really do the work and don't drink too much and, you know, know the material. I feel like as a band, we're very well rehearsed, which is one of the things I really like about my band. Like, we are a very good band, so as long as we're rehearsed, things should really go well. Are things going to go wrong technically? Of course. Like, that's every show. But the level at which we have re we have rehearsed and practiced and experienced things is what allows us to handle such technical di difficulties with so much ease. Like, there are things that go wrong every single show, and I would really doubt that most people even notice it. And that, to me, is a sign of a well-rehearsed band. You know, like, when we were playing a lot more and we were so road-ready, it was just ridiculous. Like, the stuff that we could sort of tolerate and just play through, like broken strings, broken sticks, broken pedals, sound cutting out. Like, it just, it didn't really phase us at all. And I, I feel like that has carried over. Like, everything could go wrong tomorrow night, technically, and I'm not jinxing anything, but, like, everything could, and we could probably still play right through it. So, that's a good thing. So, that pressure is off. Vocally, like, I feel like everybody that's going to see me has seen me sing enough times to know that I can do the job, and if I have an off night, like, if I am going to be squeaky tomorrow night, I feel like... Not that I'll get the sympathy from the audience because I don't really need it, but all I really want is some understanding. If I start, you know, squeaking and sounding like my voice is changing, like obviously I'm past puberty, like a couple times over at this point, and I just, you know, it's gonna be because I'm sick. But what really bothers me is that with this whole new mindset, like I was hoping, like I, these days of being sick before a show would be over, but the reality is I just can't control what happens with the weather outside and the simple fact that the temperatures are swinging by 20 to 40 degrees i think was just too much for my system to handle and i don't i don't really know why i mean like i'm going through my normal not sleeping well sort of stuff but like that's all the time and i'm not super sick i'm not drinking a lot i'm not you know i don't i don't have sugars I, like i don't i don't do any of the things so i just have an honest to god change of season cold but man, I've been babying this thing for two days, and I just woke up this morning and I was like, I cannot believe it's worse. And so here we are. So I have a pretty sizable cold. I have serious congestion going on. Uh, fortunately, I do not, I'm gonna knock on some wood. Fortunately, I do not have a cough, so it's not gonna be tearing up my throat. Honestly, sometimes with this level, not to be gross, but with this level of sort of mucus going on in congestion land here, it actually helps my voice, it helps my throat stay 
well hydrated and stuff like that, so that's good. Uh, it does really clamp down my range, though. Like my, and I've got two or three higher songs in the set, and so we'll see. If I dip out of some, if I dip out of some vocal parts, just know that you'll know why, and that'll be uh, that'll be cool. Anyway. <coughs> Team Muppety gives no sympathy. That is a hundred percent correct, and that's fine. You can razz me and give me as much crap as you want. That's fine. But I think you know that I know that you know that I can do the job under good circumstances. I can do the job under bad circumstances. <laughs> so it'll it'll be just fine. So in terms of in terms of basic housekeeping, uh, the new episode of the Top Twenty is out. Uh, I appreciate you know everybody that views it, uh, everybody that comments and gives a like or whatever. I, I really do appreciate that. Like I just I watch the numbers and sometimes it's like. Man, I wish this had like a million views. Like, I'm not looking for exactly like Joe Rogan level stuff because I don't, I, I wouldn't, I, although I, at this point, I don't think I would kick it out of bed. So, it, whatever. Uh, but man, it would be, it'd be so great. Um, but yeah, so it's a uh, Kaz's, Kaz's Christmas flask. And I talk about the time that Jimmy and I were drinking whatever the mystery juice in Kaz's flask. And I realized that's gross. Uh, the mystery juice in Kaz's flask was, and that we just kept on drinking it. Uh, I thought it was an interesting episode. I thought it was funny. Uh, just give it a shot. Um, and uh, so check that out on Bacon is my uh, podcast. The new Bimp Lounge is up, and uh, I got a slight preview of what it was going to look like. And I have to say, uh, I meant to text Mikey and Jimmy all week, and I just didn't get a chance. But I have to say, like, I think the set looks completely ridiculous. And I could not be more supportive of it. <laughs> so, kind of makes me want to get a big neon sign back here. I'm not gonna, because laziness rules supreme. Uh, by the way, I just want to point out that I'm still in my pajamas today. <laughs> I did throw on a hoodie, because uh, I am sick, but I just, I don't know, man. I just, I just, I can't do the job. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't do the job. And if you ask yourself what job, like life. Life, life, the job I cannot seem to do properly today. And it's just sort of too bad. There's a lot of stuff going on in the chat. I'm gonna have to catch up. I'm gonna. <laughs> it's gonna be good. I can see the pictures flying already. It's always, always gonna be fun. Um, I did, uh, like I said, I did want to. I did, I did want to talk a little bit about the the new Speaker of the House, the Republicans elected Speaker of the House. Uh, yesterday, because Mike Johnson, by the way, like Mike Johnson, come on, man, like can't do better than that. He's from the Deep South. He's from Louisiana. He is a extremely anti-trans congressman. That's important for people to know. He is one of the most anti-abortion people in Congress, and that's important to know. Um, he is uh, credited with pushing forward the. Uh, you know, ten thousand to a hundred thousand dollar fine, and one to ten years of hard labor in prison. Prison, not jail, for people that get abortions. Like, this is who we just put third in charge of the United States of America. Just keep that in mind. He is also one of the top election deniers. Twenty twenty election has been settled since twenty twenty. 
and there are people out there that just didn't like the way it went down, and they're saying it just it was everything cheated. And it turns out that so far, every single case that's made it to court has been the Republicans cheating in the 2020 election, including everything that's going down in Georgia, because now Trump has three lawyers that have now flipped and taken pleas, including Jenna Ellis, who's pled to a felony, for Christ's sake. She's a lawyer. She pled to a felony. And most of that is because the Republicans in Georgia broke into an election office to tamper with machines. Does that sound like something that they accuse the Democrats of? Because it certainly does. So anyway, so this dude is one of the lead election deniers. And now he's the Speaker of the House of Representatives. So just remember, in case it comes up, and in case anybody asks you or says anything about what's going on in Congress or the Republicans, that who's who they just put in charge. An election denier, incredibly anti-trans congressman, and one of the most anti-abortion people in Congress. And that's who the Republicans put in charge. So do keep that in mind when you vote and people talk to you next year about voting, because I don't want to live in a place like that. I think people like that are archaic. I wish Republicans would just go back to being fiscally responsible and not trying to legislate morality, because frankly, it's disgusting. And I don't need people that look like human thumbs just to tell me how to live my life. Stay out of my life. I would really appreciate that. And you'd expect that from people that just burn stuff because they didn't want to get a vaccine. Stay out of my life and just do your job. Stop legislating morality. You you shouldn't be doing it anyway, and most Republicans do not have a leg to stand on, so I'm just a little tired of that. In other news, um, the thing I was going to talk about today, and I'm probably just going to cut it short because I feel like I'm just waning here completely. I did get involved in a... Um, in a post on Facebook because my friend Dave from Tenton Mojo basically posted something about like why I guess he was just a question like is it really is the local scene really as bad as it looks like and like what's going on and all that other stuff and you know why is it all cover bands and tributes and all that other stuff and you know I've known Dave for it's got to be going on like 20 years at this point uh, and we came up together playing the same shows playing every weekend and all that other stuff so I've known Dave, Dave a very long time I also know that for whatever you know, disagreements Dave and I have Dave and I have had about you know other stuff like mainly political, we're usually really very aligned when it comes to the music scene because we both agree that like there's places for everything. There really is, but um, you know we start to have a little bit of trouble when people start elevating cover bands and tribute bands over uh, over other kinds of bands because the reality is they can't do what they do if it wasn't for bands like mine and bands like his and that's and that's true like it's undeniably true like it it just it just is and so his post was about you know and 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 i've said repeatedly over the years on the air and stuff like that that i i don't necessarily think it's the fault of uh bands and stuff right like if there's a market for it i think the problem is the market right a lot of people want to hear old music it's the same people that are like well they haven't written anything good since 1973 like that's it's an opinion that you hear an awful lot and it's an opinion of somebody that's lazy it's usually the opinion of a small mind and somebody that just doesn't want to expand past their glory days when high school was great because nothing everything has gone downhill and i've I've talked about that ad nauseum for years, so I don't really need to get into it now. But there was one particular particular branch of this thread that I did take up on. And it was some dude, I cannot remember his name, uh, and it doesn't really matter anyway, but it was basically saying that most uh, you know, local bands, original music, are awful. And I am here to tell you and have told you for a decade that, yeah, that's true. Most local bands are god-awful. They really are. 
but also most local cover bands are also god-awful. And the only difference between the two is that when you're in a local cover band, and I use this example, if you play an incredibly bad version of Stone Temple Pilots' Plush, people are still going to like it because they're in their head are thinking about the actual original song that they've sung a hundred times in the car or in the shower or whatever. And it doesn't really matter how badly you do it. Now, we've all seen cover bands butcher songs. I'm going to leave tribute bands at, tribute bands out because bands like, say, like Completely Unchained or Power Windows or Almost Queen, I mean, they are just phenomenally good. And they are the cream of the crop as far as I'm concerned. But original music has creams of the crop as well. And, and I think that that deserves a distinction. Um, so we've all seen cover bands just completely destroy stuff. And they're awful. Their singers generally suck. Uh, the, the bands usually don't put in a lot of work to their performance. They kind of learn a few chords. They play stuff wrong all the time. And, and like maybe you don't notice it. Maybe only musicians can notice just how badly these things are. But I feel like if you've been around, you kind of notice it. Uh, and not to like blow any smoke up my own ass or that of my friends. Like I've had conversations with Jimmy uh, and and you know about his band Craving Strange that I've said that sometimes I forget. Um, how good some of these bands are, his band included, and my band as well, because we play with each other all the time. Sometimes when we go out on the road and we're playing kind of regionally and we're playing with other local bands, dude, I got to tell you, man, it is horrible. I mean, like, it is just horrible. Like, the bands that I have found along the way that are really good, there's just not a lot of them. And you, listeners of the Hard Rock Lunchbox, know every single one of them because I bring them to you because it's like, this band is really good. But that'll usually be like a one in a 50 or a one in a 100 kind of band. You know what I mean? And even them, like, not all of them are always good. Some of them have, like, a couple of good songs. But, like, they're a good band and they do a good job. And those are bands that I hang on to, you know, forever. Like, I just... They, my point is, is that yes, most local original music is garbage. Most of it is awful. Most of it needs some development. Most of it needs some time to sit on the mountain and figure out if you actually are talented at all. Um, because a lot of it is just your f your friend base, right? Not in your fan base. Like when I was in G. Davy and we kind of rotated out of our friend base into a fan base as people started getting married, having families, and doing other things, you realize who's coming out to see your show. Like it's a whole different demographic. Like. Even in terms of like Rebel Nine, who the people that were fans of Rebel Nine when we first rolled into Rebel Nine, it's a way different audience than it is now because things move over time. But the ability to still command an audience in any capacity speaks to how good of a band you have, right? Like it just does, and that's and that's kind of important. And a lot of other bands can't do that, and they tout like, "Oh yeah, our friends are coming out." Like, yeah, of course, man. Everybody under the age of twenty-five really needs something to do almost every single weekend of their life because. They don't have kids, they don't have a partner, they don't have jobs, they have to work, they don't have mortgages, all that stuff, right? Like that's, and I'm not slamming anybody, I'm just talking about demographics. So like that is not a gauge of how good something is. But when people are like, oh, all original music is bad, like that's somebody who's just lazy and not doing the job, not doing the work. What is my biggest issue has been with venues lately because after COVID, like obviously we lost a lot of the bigger and better original music venues right and that's that's true and places like like even like the warehouse that are willing to give us a spot in the summer they gave us a spot in the summer because the tribute and cover bands are playing by the water they just leave the warehouse high and dry so it's not like they did us a huge favor 
I mean, like they did us a favor and gave us a good place, but it's not like they were like losing money to let us play. Do you know what I mean? Like the cover bands really aren't there. And don't forget, all cover bands get paid, right? They all get paid. They usually have some sort of deal. It's usually not a door deal. So usually if a band is playing like mine, there's no loss whatsoever because we get paid out of the door. So if 10 people show up, we get paid 10 people worth of dollars. If 10 people show up for like, um, you know, Soft Parade, Soft Parade will still walk away with $1,500. So like, it's a whole other market. But my issue really is with venues because they're if they're not offering the opportunity to build that following, you're missing out on this entire audience. And a lot of them just don't care. Right, they just don't. It's transactional. So and so. There's always another cover band. They're always, you know. So they just, they just don't care. But when you took a place like Revolution that actually brought in original bands, that's what allowed several bands to sell that place out. It held over 400 people, and local original music was able to sell that out. And that is how you build those kinds of things. The other problem with venues is that without those venues, a lot of the nicer venues aren't doing this anymore. So we're left with a handful of original venues. Mr. Berry's is one of them, which we will be at tomorrow night. And that's, I'm super grateful for them and all that. But like you have other ones like, like Rams, which I find to be terribly depressing. And then like Amityville Music Hall, which aside from the fact that I won't set foot in anymore because of the management there, like we have had people just complain to us as a band, how disgusting that place is, how bad the service is, the fact that they're almost always out of like certain liquors or beers, like it's a horrible venue. And that's what we're left to. And that's actually the bigger threat. People will not come see us play, not because they don't want to see Rebel 9, but because they don't want to set in, set foot in a place that is going to annoy them, overcharge them, and probably give them hepatitis and AIDS if they're lucky. Like, it's a disgusting place. It's a disgusting place to go be, to, 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 to be in, right? Like, that's not true of, like, 89 North or The Warehouse or, you know, play, like, really nice places that have cover bands because they do a better job. You let us build a following in a nice place and we'll put a following in there. But also, don't just open the door to original music. Most original music sucks. It really sucks. Like when we would play at KJ's, the only reason Kevin would let us play at KJ's is because we were a proven act and we would bring in proven act. Like that's the right thing to do. Like here's a band that can do the job. I'll, I'll let them play. And that's why we were able to get the warehouse. I, I think, I mean, like we do a good job, like, and, and we bring people in the, the, the trick of it really is. It's like, if you can't give us the same latitude that you give cover bands, like give us a goddamn residency. Like, we wanted a residency really bad at the warehouse. Play every three months. Like, that was where we were going to play. We would basically be like the Randy Jackson of local original music. You know, we'd bring Craving with us. We'd have something heavy with us. Whatever. Just some sort of residency. Basically what we just did at, at Beery's, right? Like, it's kind of a residency. So you know to see us there. And people come out. People look forward to it. People are excited to come to Beery's. And Beery's is just a bar. It's not even a super nice venue. You can imagine, like, being at a super nice venue that has, like, good food and good drinks and, like, a really clean bathroom. Like, Beery's does its best, but it's about as good as you can get as a bar before it turns into, like, a really nice kind of venue or theater sort of place. But that's where cover bands get to play. They get to play at 89 North. I just saw it again. Had a conversation even with Jesse from Pine Street because they're going to be playing with three cover bands over at Stereo Garden. And I'm, to be perfectly honest, I'm annoyed because I would rather him turn his efforts into building something with other original bands. But honestly, every time I ask Pine Street to play, they turn me down. 
So I'm done asking them to play. If they want to play with us, like guys, if you're listening, if you want to play with us, you know how to reach me, right? Like I've offered you three, four, five, six times at this point. Like I'm tired of just reaching out. If you want to spend your efforts working on, you know, cultivating cover band relationships, good luck. You know, it's not going to work because it doesn't work. And every other band will tell you that, including mine, that has tried it and just doesn't work. It will not work. You're better off covering, uh, cultivating relationships with people that are interested in original music and willing to give it a try, which are our fan base. Our fan base is one of the greatest set of fans I have ever encountered in my entire life because they really like original music and they really like original musicians and they give them all a shot and they will go see them on their own long after they've parted ways with, you know, the Rebel 9 on a particular show. And that is the audience you really want, not somebody that's just coming out to see and the cradle will rock for the 97th time. And no slam completely unchained because they're awesome. They're a fantastic band. But those are fans of Van Halen, of old Van Halen. Like not even new Van Halen, old Van Halen. That's what they want to see. You have any idea how old that music is? Those are people that are going to be set in their ways. You're not going to be really turning any of them. And it's just disappointing. Like, you're going to waste your time doing that. Like I need people that are going to start working with me. And I can't seem to find any of them, so I just get more and more annoyed. And now I've talked way too much, and my throat hurts, and I'm sorry. I'm going to shut up now. Here's some music. Enjoy the rest of the box. I'll see you on the other side. 